The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast. Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back to Superwoman Wellness. And on every episode of this show, we are going to uncover the secrets to being superpowered and being the superwoman that you're meant to be. Joining me today is Lisa Moskowitz. Lisa is a certified registered dietitian and the CEO of the New York Nutrition Group, a nutrition counseling practice in New York with 10 registered dietitians on staff. She has been counseling clients for over a decade, helping them live healthier and happier lives. Lisa is regularly interviewed on Fox 5 and in popular publications such as Self, Women's Health, Yahoo Health, Men's Fitness magazine and more. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to sharing as much as I can. <laughs> well, this is a really important topic like we were discussing. We're going to really dive into managing your weight as a busy mom, meal prepping and food planning as a busy mom. I mean, again, I talk all the time about how it's so easy to have all the information, right? It's so easy to kind of know what to yeah. do, but putting it into practice is a completely different story. And you're a new mom with twins. You just told me that turned eight and a half months old. So you more than anybody else understand the busyness and the the craziness of being a mom and juggling and trying to be a superwoman. So tell us what you've experienced with your practice and what you've seen and, and where a new sure. mom or a busy mom gets tripped up a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've been counseling for a very long time. A lot of my clients happen to be, I would say, predominantly women um, and mothers. So, you know, I've, I've been counseling for, for them for a while. And to be honest, until I became a mother myself, you know, I sort of took on this whole new perspective on it and really understood the challenges and the barriers that you face with juggling a family and work and also trying to make sure everyone's healthy. You know, I think that's always the priority of any parent is the health and well-being of your family and especially yourself. And a lot of times as women and mothers, we don't necessarily put ourselves first. And I think that's a big issue. And, um, you know, we're not feeling good and we're not healthy then, you know, it, it can affect the whole family. So I think it's always important to put yourself, to make sure that you are making yourself a priority like you do your kids and your spouses and any family members. So, you know, that's always number one. Um, but it, it is definitely challenging at the same time, you know, to juggle everything and the time management. And I think it could be intimidating, you know, when you see everything out there in the news and the media and this and that, that's telling you, um, you know, what to do or how to eat anything that, you know, sort of can give you, you know, information inside of what you should be doing um, to either to either lose weight or just to be healthy in general. So, you know, I think those are our are, are big um, dilemmas that we face um, and, and just the time, you know, to cook and to prepare food and even to have the resources to buy, you know, the best food out there and the organic food. And um, I happen to live in Manhattan. A lot of my clients live in Manhattan. That's where my private practice is. And it's just a culture of a lot of eating out and ordering in. It just happens to be like a New York City thing. Not everyone does, but, you know, small kitchens, not a lot of room to cook. Um, there's restaurants on every corner, every block. So I think a lot of times it's a, it's a culture where we're eating out a lot, you know, probably too much. And so that makes it even more challenging to making sure you're getting good quality food and it's in the correct portions and, and to control, you know, and, and for weight management and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I do the best I can to, to find recipes and ideas of things for people to make. You know, I'm always a, a big fan and a promoter of meal prepping. I think that's so important. I, I happen to do that all the time. 
um, is just make food in advance because then it's there. And you know, after a long day of seeing clients and coming home, putting my boys to bed, playing with them first and, and feeding them first, putting them to bed, the last thing I want to do is sit there chopping vegetables and then clean a bunch of dishes. So, you know, I, I try to have things ready made in the refrigerator. If it's not, um, if it's not um, made in advance, then you know it's just it just makes it a lot harder. Um, and then if I don't eat it right away, I could always put it in the freezer. And then there's more food ready made. So that I think is the most important thing to do is to try to meal prep as much as possible. When you get home from the grocery store, instead of putting everything in the fridge, wash it, cut it, dry it, like turn your fridge into a mini salad bar. You know, so that it's really easy. You open yeah. your fridge, you can put together. A, a, a fresh, easy meal in minutes. You know, I think those are the most important things. No, so um, a lot of this, and not make so, it too complicated. Yeah, yeah. Let me stop you for just a second because I think you've said a lot there, sure. and I think uh, it's all really, yeah. really important. But, you know, just to remind everybody, I'm sure my audience is so sick of me saying this, but I founded my practice with the central tenet that in Chinese medicine, you don't separate a woman from her child. They are like a fundamental unit and the health of one is affected by the other and the health of the other is effect- is going to affect the other. And so it's just this sort of symbiotic relationship. And so I founded the practice knowing and having personally lived through that when you don't have an, uh, when you have an unhealthy mother, that what that does to the child and vice versa versa. And I really wanted to empower, you know, women and children and then ultimately empower the the family. So I think the biggest thing that I see, and I agree with you, is that moms don't think that they need to take time out for themselves, that meal prepping is a value, like thinking about their meals is important because most of them go into, I call it emergency room or triage mode when they're dealing with their children. It's like, okay, what does the child need right now? And you probably experience that as a very new mom where that cry or that wail or that phone call or whatever it is sends you into panic mode and then everything drops. So, So how do we, how do you preemptively tone down those triggers for going into kind of acute mode, mom mode right away at the expense of your own health. So we, you know, we can meal prep and we'll talk about more hacks with meal prepping and what works, you know, but like, how do you, how do, how can you be kind of strategic about like not letting those triggers get to you and also kind of planning ahead of those? Like, you know, they're going to happen. So how do we plan ahead of them? Yes. I mean, we always, you know, there's always the unexpected. You can only plan so much and then life happens. So, but you can definitely, like you said, do as much as possible, um, you know, to, to at least help some of the times. And I think, I mean, number one is just breathe, you know, and I think we, we sort of are, you know, adrenaline kicks in and we're just like sort of, you know, fight or flight mode. But I think it's always important to try to stay calm and to breathe no matter what. Um, you know, definitely a good support system is always very helpful. Um, but but that's also why, you know, like having things already sort of like made and when it comes to nutrition specifically, you know, I think that's why it's important to have things made in advance so that we don't have to, you know, be scrambling last minute. Um, and, you know, I think I just think that that sort of like piece of just trying to stay calm and trying to breathe, you know, which I think is is that what you're saying, too, is like when, when something happens like that, like how do you sort of respond in a, in a calmer way or like how do you deal with the, um, you know, putting out that fire, so to speak, and then sort of getting back to to addressing like what you need to address? Because, you know, food and nutrition and getting the best quality food is not always the t- most important thing on our list every day of the million things that right. we have to do. So sometimes it starts to take a backseat a lot of times. Um, and and knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect, knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect. Like even if you're doing, 
you're if you're making meals and following the plan and eating as healthy as possible 80% of the time. It doesn't have to be 100% of the time. I think even 80%, even 70% of the time, you know, that can have a big impact and that can make a big difference um, in the long run, you know, and mm-hmm. trying to be perfect and trying to do everything all the time is just not realistic. And I think that's what discourages people. And then, you know, they stop doing it entirely. Okay. So, so again, managing, it, yeah. yeah, managing that stress response is probably really the first step and taking a moment to breathe, you know, as you navigate whatever it is that you're having to walk yeah. through. And especially for your moms out there, you know, there's so many moms today that have children with disabilities or have children with autism or children with special needs. And I really feel for them because I feel like they really, truly put themselves very, very last on the list and have a tough time, you know, with all of this stuff, which is, which is completely understandable. Uh, so, so let's right, go back to right. meal planning. I'm a huge believer in meal planning as well. Um, I feel like that's the only way, you know, that I can stay healthy. And when I don't meal plan, I don't either don't feel good and don't eat, or I really pick the wrong choices in a moment of desperation. So you talked, you were talking through some great tips for meal planning. You talked about, you know, the salad bar and some other things. Give us like, you know, the four things we haven't thought about when it comes to meal planning. What are some things that really work for a busy mom? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you always want to try to, when you're thinking about a balanced meal, you always want to try to have, you know, some lean, good quality lean protein, lots of non-starchy vegetables, which are basically everything except for beans, peas, corn, and potatoes. You know, everything else is basically non-starchy. Not that those vegetables I just mentioned are you can't eat or they're bad or by any means because they're very nutritious and good for you. It's just you're not going to have unlimited amounts. You want to just be careful with the portions because they have more carbs in them. And if you're trying to manage weight specifically, then that's important. If not, then, you know, it's not as as important. So lean protein, non-starchy vegetables, and then a good source of high fiber um, starch or or grain, you know, is important. So those three components, of, of course, with a little bit of healthy fat. So protein, vegetables, grain, and healthy fat. So when you're putting together meals, you know, what's really nice is to have, you know, Things, of course, that go together, but you could always do like a one-sheet pan, roasted chicken and vegetables, and then steam some brown rice or quinoa. A big thing now, a big trend now is like the quinoa bowls, the green bowls, the brown rice bowls. And I mm-hmm. love making those too because there's so many different things you can do with them. And, you know, it, and they always can taste good and be interesting and fun. So, you know, doing something like making just like a big pot of like quinoa or brown rice or even like a lentil or black bee pasta, which I'm a mm-hmm. big fan of because they're just a little bit more nutritious than the wheat pasta or the brown rice pasta. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was, but that. <laughs> <laughs> a little music for our, for our mid-show podcast there. But anyhow, um, so right. the, you're talking about the different pastas. To help. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, black bean pasta or lentil pastas I love. And you can always like chop up some vegetables, throw it in with the pasta, do like a cold pasta salad or make it hot and do like a veggie tomato sauce with some lean ground chicken or lean ground turkey and just kind of saute that in a pan, put the sauce and vegetables over it, let it simmer and then put that over some bean pasta or another thing that a lot of people do now is, uh, or it's not now, it's been around for quite a while at this point, but the uh, spiralized zucchini. Um, so things like that. Um, I, I make a ton of the cauliflower rice, just things that kind of make you feel like you're getting a, a lot of volume um, and make you feel like you can eat a good amount and feel satisfied and full. 
but it's not overdoing it on your calorie needs for the day, or it's giving you a lot of nutritional value as well. Um, now, one of the big things is you don't want to spend hours in the kitchen cooking this for you and this for your husband and this for your kids or, you know, your spouse or whatever. You want to, you want to try to make one thing and the whole family, that the whole family can eat, you know, because who wants to just mm-hmm. be spending that much time in the kitchen? We just don't have time for it. So what I always tell my moms or, or my dad, you know, anyone that's cooking for the family is when it comes to, especially if, if the goal is like you're making your, your kids macaroni and cheese, for example, like obviously that's not a, a balanced meal. You're not going to want to be eating that you know, as much of that all the time as your kids might. So what you would do is, again, you always want to have that protein, a little bit of starch and lots of vegetables. Make yourself a big side of vegetables. Make yourself that protein. And then you can put a little bit of, like, the macaroni that you're making for them on your plate, but have a lot more of the of the vegetables, you know, on your plate. So it's, it's just, like, sort of tweaking the portions and the composition of your plate so that mm-hmm. you can literally eat the same thing that your kids are, but your plate's going to be more veggies and protein, whereas theirs might have more of the pasta or the rice or the, you know, things that they're going to probably be more likely to eat with, of course, some vegetables if you can get it in there. Great. So, you know, it's, it's just about tweaking the portions and stuff like that. But, you know, you, with your kids, you'd be surprised. Like, you don't want to write off of food. Like, if you're making healthy food, you know, you want the whole family to enjoy it and don't give up after the first try. So if they don't like it the first time, it doesn't mean they're not going to eat it the second time. It takes up to 10 times. For, for for any child to really open up um, and be more likely to eat something that they resisted initially. So don't give up with that, you know, because the healthier that your kids are eating, the healthier they'll be. And also it'll be easier for you too, because then you can all, you know, eat, be eating the same things for dinner. So I love that. Those, so I those think are, are the all, most important things. Yeah. Yeah. Those are also, you know, really thinking down into protein, veggies, fiber, really uh, getting granular with that, having, making sure that anything you're prepping covers those three main categories and then looking at your plate and proportioning it out appropriately. And then I would encourage you moms out there, this is always interesting. And I, I don't know if you see this in practice, but when you're portioning out that plate, that's where I go back to. It's so important to understand yourself because, you know, in general, most people do well with, you know, a moderate amount of protein, a serving of healthy fats, a large serving of vegetables, uh, which are your source of carbohydrates and fiber. But sometimes those proportions get tweaked depending on your individual chemistry. So that's where, you know, really understanding yourself is so important and taking some time out. If you're thinking about having children or you already have children, again, with that commitment to yourself, taking the time out to dig into that process, either meeting with a nutritionist to help you understand that, or uh, a doctor that gets into both the genetics and the chemistry of what the best diet is for you. What's happening with, how does tracking work for a busy mom? How can they truly track their food when they're running? I mean, again, not to overshare too many personal stories, but when my children, my two children are 15 months apart and I started my practice at the same time. And literally it was like, you know, change a diaper, answer an email, feed somebody and do that over and over again for a period of time. And I had no consciousness of anything else. How do we help that mom who truly is a superwoman and trying to put all of that together in terms of tracking? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. There's so many things that you, that you have to do in a day. So even like every second is precious, you know, that's the big thing that I learned too, is that every little second of the day, um, five minutes here and there, it, it can mean so much when you're a mom. So, you know, Sometimes tracking can be very tedious and time-consuming, and you know one of the very popular apps that people use. I recommend a lot just because it's easy, it's free, it's user-friendly, um, and I can actually see their logs as well. I can log in there and see their logs as my fitness pal. But some mm-hmm. people get so caught up in like the portions and the this and the calories, and and it, and it then becomes even more time-consuming. So sometimes, honestly, just taking a picture 
of the food. And there's there's apps that you can upload it to, or you can sort of like create your own Instagram page and just kind of like upload pictures there, email it to to a friend, a family member, a dietitian if they're helping and supporting you with the accountability. Um, so taking pictures can be a really good way to do that. It takes a second just to like flash a little picture on your phone. Um, but other than that, just just jotting it down even in a note section on your phone or again sending an email to somebody or yourself for that matter can can probably save you a little bit more time sometimes the apps are great but they get too um there's too they're too detail oriented and i think people can get lost in that and then like okay it's just too much i don't want to deal with like i don't know how many grams or ounces i just ate you know i just want to put a, put in a general idea of what, of what i'm getting in every day so you know taking a picture writing it down in a note section, just putting it somewhere. I do think that that logging and that food tracking, it helps a lot with the accountability and just to remember what we ate. You know, sometimes when we're so busy, it's really hard to look back and say, what did I eat yesterday? Did I even get any vegetables in? Did I, you know, get any fruits in? What, you know, what happened? So without that logging, it makes it hard to keep track of. So those are some some easy ways to do it. Those are fantastic. And then where does exercise fit into this? What's happening with exercise? And I'm curious what you think yeah. about exercise versus food and all that other good stuff. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, when it comes to specifically seeing the number on the scale go down, like that, just that specific thing, it is more of what you're eating. But when we're talking about body composition, the way our clothes are fitting us, the way we feel, look, energy-wise, the inside of our body, not the outside of our body, exercise is really important. They go hand in hand. Diet and exercise go hand in hand. And the more you exercise, the better you feel, the better you're going to want to eat, the better your choices are going to be when it comes to food. So I always push people to try to do some type of exercise, whether it's just walking to and from work, getting off a stop early, parking their car further away so they can walk longer to the office, um, taking 10-minute interval breaks throughout the day if you sit at your desk all day long. We do a lot as a mom. You probably do a lot of exercise at home, a lot of walking, a lot of lifting, a lot of this, that. So, you know, you get that exercise in. But honestly, nothing really replaces when you're just exercising for the purpose of exercising, not to get a task done. You know, it's a different type of effect that it has in the body. It's a little bit more therapeutic. It's a little bit more calming. It's better for our heart and our blood pressure. So it's 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 good to try to take that break even two or three times a week for 20 to 30 minutes where you're just exercising, just exercise, not to get something done, but it doesn't have to be anything specific. You know, if you're somebody that does move around a lot, I would focus more on like weight training, weightlifting, because that Mm -hmm. also will help a lot with building lean muscle, which helps burn more body fat, which is good for our metabolism, which is good for our strength, which protects our bones. So I, you know, I say if you're very active with just like walking around the house and walking around just throughout the day to get places, then when you do have those 20 minutes, spend it more on, you know, some type of like light weight resistance or um, weight training type exercises two to three times a week. Those are all great ideas as well. Um, and then uh, what about just some quick and easy snack ideas? You know, if you're uh, running around and you get called to do something in particular, something that's easy for a yeah. new mom or a busy mom to snack on. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, with the snack, you always want to try to have a combo of protein and fiber, things that are portable that you can just kind of throw in your bag and go. Nuts are always very easy. You can buy the pre-portioned 100, 150 calorie bags of pistachios, almonds, cashews, whatever it is, try to get the, try to get the raw, um, 
you know, natural nuts versus the ones that, that some of them added extra like palm oil, which is not a, a great oil or too much salt. So you want to try to get the ones that are just like kind of raw nuts, nothing added. Um, fruit is also very easy grab and go fruit and like a cheese stick. Um, you could even do like an organic beef or turkey jerky. Those are also fine when you just need a quick source of protein. Um, even a bag of what you could take is like an old, uh, not an old, but one maybe that was used or not used, like an iced coffee cup. And on the bottom of it, you can put some layer, some almond or natural peanut butter, and then stick little carrots and celery on the top of it and close the lid. And you have a little to-go cup of like celery and carrots with almond butter. And that's something you can just throw in your bag if you have like a little, you know, one of those coffee cups with a lid in it. So that's another idea, really simple. A lot of people do resort to protein bars. I'm not totally, I'm not against protein bars by any means. They're not as good as eating real food, but there are certain Mm. bars that just are easy. Again, grab and go. They, you don't have to worry about them going bad. You can always keep one in your bag for emergencies. So there's a few out there that, that are better than others. Just one of the big things is just try to look for any bar that's like if it's a snack. You know, say like under like 200 calories or less. If you can find one that's got at least 10 grams of, of, of protein, at least 5 grams of fiber, and under 10 grams of sugar. You know, then those anything that fits within that sort of guideline is, is a pretty decent option. More with Dr. Taz coming up. Everyone wants to be happy, but let's face it, there's a lot of roadblocks in that path. From little struggles of daily life to bigger issues like anxiety, relationship troubles, family conflicts, anger, grief, trauma, depression, and let's face it, self-esteem issues. You know that feeling. Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes inside to handle this? We all have those thoughts and feelings, and you are not alone. The good news is there is help in a place you can turn to. It's called BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Easy online professional counseling in a safe and private environment from licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, even sleeping issues. All the things that create those roadblocks to happiness. It's an easy and convenient way to get the help you need on your own time and at your own pace. And best of all, it truly is an affordable option. And right now, Dr. Taz Show listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code WHOLEHEALTH. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash wholehealth. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get you matched with a counselor you will love. That's betterhelp.com slash wholehealth. Now back to the Dr. Taz Show. Got you. Those are all great ideas and great hacks. And then last but not least, just in your opinion, since you've got this big practice in New York with all yeah. these dietitians on staff, what what are the most common, we talked about moms not making time for themselves. Is, are there a couple of behaviors yeah. you've noticed that lends a new a mom, I keep saying new mom, it doesn't have to be new mom, it can be any mom, <laughs> um, that lends a mom towards weight gain over a period of time? Are there some things that you've just said, like, you know, here's, you know, we all, you know, yes, they need to make time for themselves, but 
but what what are they doing? Are, are they eating mindlessly? Yeah, are they eating their kids' foods? What what would be the top three things for every yeah. mom who's out there listening today? We want you guys to be aware yeah. of these three things. What would you tell them? Yeah, and I and I think you sort of hit the nail on the head with a few of those things. I think a lot of times we do tend to like not even sit down for meals, especially while our kids are still awake. And then, you know, we're picking at this, we're picking off the kids' plate, you know, their leftover food, we're eating it, shoving it in her mouth while we're washing the dishes, stuff like that or certain behaviors. And then finally when the kids go to bed, it's like, you know, all of a sudden the floodgates open up and we're like shoving as much food in our mouth as possible. So a lot of times, you know, it's like that eating and sitting down all day. And then as soon as the kids are in bed or at night, we're sort of having these big meals followed by maybe some snacks afterwards. So it's that late night eating, um, you know, the fourth dinner, right? (laughs) That's what we call it. The fourth dinner. There's so many patients that don't admit to the fourth dinner and I'm like sitting there struggling with why they're not losing weight. And that fourth dinner is often the reason. Absolutely. And even though a calorie is a calorie, like even if your calories are still the same in the course of the day, whether they're like, you know, spread out or all at once, your body still still does pick up on like when those calories are coming in. So if they're all mm-hmm. sort of concentrated, especially at night, right before we're going to bed, they're, they're not going to be processed as well as if they were spaced out throughout the day. And then, of course, the foods that we tend to go for at night are not necessarily as healthy and nutritious as foods that we would eat during the day. So you're losing out on maybe an extra serving of vegetables. Um, you're getting maybe more carbs and more fat-rich foods at night. So that also you have to consider. But I definitely see a lot of like the picking and grazing all day. And then finally, you know, you sit down and then it's like, you know, you can't stop eating. So always try to make sure that you're getting in, um, you know, more food as much as possible during the day. Take that time to eat a meal. And then if, no, if nothing else, then make sure that the dinner that you're having is still pretty balanced. And then after that, the kitchen's closed. Like you just have to kind of shut it down. But eating more throughout the day can help you control that more, that in, that intake at night better, you know, just when you're not so ravenous. Um, so that's one yeah, of the big things that I noticed for sure. Definitely. And, so then, I, and I, then also the, the grab and go type of stuff, like the you know, grabbing like protein bars and grabbing, you know, like snack foods that are just kind of like easy. And again, it's just like that quick, that need for that quick sort of nourishment, just something to keep them going. Even if it's like cookies on the counter, like similar concept is what I was saying before, but it's just those, whatever's convenient and easy. Like we spend all this time preparing meals for everybody else. And then when it comes to us eating, we pick something that's like full of sugar or carbs or something that's, that's quick and convenient that, you know, is just sort of comforting. I agree. So I would agree completely. So just like you've observed, what I've observed is the fourth dinner or the late night meal. Just a real quick, funny story about Mm -hmm. that. I had a patient, I still laugh about it. She's like, Dr. Taz, the kids go to bed. My husband and I are wiped. We're exhausted. We go downstairs and we pull it all out. We're talking chips, M&Ms, you know, like every dessert we've got in the house, alcohol, and we just have this nightly party every single night. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do we stop that? A, it sounds like fun, but how am I ever going to convince you to change that? So anyhow, but, but again, I think a lot of that fourth dinner and a lot of that late night eating is emotional. It's exhaustion. I think I would add to like, just get away from all the stuff, get away from the food. Don't have that in your, you know, don't have all the junk in your house and maybe move to a different room where it's not so close to you. But I agree. I think it's that night eating, the grab and go, eating your children's leftovers. I think that's a big one. Not meal 
planning. I yeah. think that's where we, we all get, I've been there. I think that's where we all get tripped up, you know? So if you're yeah, a busy absolutely. mom out there absolutely. and you've got too many plates spinning in the air and you're trying to make sure everyone's healthy and maybe not so focused on yourself, I hope the information today has been helpful and you'll, you'll put it into action, but it's a journey and it's a process. And it, it certainly takes a lot of like getting on the wagon and falling back off, getting on and falling back off. And, and we've all been there. Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I think um, everybody will benefit if they want to reach out to you and either use your services or learn more about what you're doing. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have the private practice. It's called New York Nutrition Group. We're located in in New York. Um, And then I also have my, you can follow me on Instagram, nutrition, the number four moms, where I'm posting a lot of easy recipes and even some baby food ideas, stuff like that. So you can follow me on there or you can you can look me up, New York Nutrition Group, and we have a full website. Um, and just reach out if you have any questions or you're needing any nutrition counseling. We're happy to help. And we do take insurance. Wonderful. Well, again, I really appreciate your time today. For everybody else, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness, which is now on Spotify as well. And if you have questions about today's show, connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Taz MD. And if you enjoyed the show, please rate and review and share it with your friends. We'll see you next time.